Welcome to the Rosenbox, where dancers go for show prep and candid chat. I'm Claire Kretschmar. And I'm Aron Sands, and we are dancers with New York City Ballet. Hey, Aron. So we're going to talk about uh, the pianist at New York City Ballet, but currently, you we are not in the same room. <laughs> So our we're on the same page, we're just on the not same on the same page, room. but not in the same room. Yeah, you are you are um, reporting on the scene elsewhere, but I'll be very present exactly where you're at. Your heart is here. Your heart is here, and it's with the music exactly. and the dance. I never left. You never, I never left. left. No, I I feel you here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, listeners, today we're going to talk about the pianists their purpose, their work, and specifically in New York City Ballet. Because given the nature of uh, the piano being one of the most versatile instruments, it's the one we dance to the most throughout our days. So starting with class, we always have a pianist playing for ballet class, and then throughout the rehearsals, and of course, during the performance, uh, they play along with the orchestra. So we get to listen to the piano quite a bit and, and, and get close and work very closely with our staff pianists at um, City Ballet. Yeah, we do spend a lot of time with the pianists in the company. And, um, and when you're talking, I was thinking about uh, ballet class is really, it's fun to hear what the pianists choose to play for the different mm -hmm. combinations that we do at bar and at center. And more recently, I've been enjoying paying attention to what our pianists have to offer there because that's right. uh, apparently, like someone recently told me that being a pianist for a ballet class is one of the, is like, that's the hardest working person in the room because they have to <laughs> not only think about the tempo, um, what they're going to do, but they have to make sure that that the piece of music that they pick like so quickly when the right. teacher gives a combination that that music uh, matches the yeah, ballet sense. vocabulary that we're doing in that moment. Mm -hmm. So, but anyway, I'm always amazed at what they can do in ballet class, and sometimes they play pop hits, or sometimes they do more the, the classical route. But uh, it's yeah, that that to me is a, a very special part of the day with pianists. Um, yeah, it opens it's, it's our a day gift. too. And and it seems like a very personal gift because, you know, there's no audience to witness the class and listen to the music, so it seems a very um, intimate thing where like it's a thing between the 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 musician and the dancers, and they're the ones to get to enjoy it and play with it really yeah play yeah ballet class is a time to to play and expand and exactly grow. yeah in a, in a setting that's not for for everyone musicians uh, the pianist and the and dancers, dancers alike, of course relatively pressure free mm -hmm. i agree and, the, and there's also i mean in, in rehearsals too the connection between dancers and pianists is also very important as we navigate absolutely the choreography, the the tempo of the music, the intentions of the in the mu music, but also 
in the dance and how those align mm -hmm. because as we're rehearsing, we want to practice in a way that's most like what we will hear mm -hmm. in the orchestra um, or in a way that's that just helps us. And yeah, rehearsals are mm -hmm. yeah, different from ballet class in that you have a, an end goal of that performance, but there is still that camaraderie of working towards Right. It has to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? And in the performance, even though if you might not have that like uh, same contact or connection with the pianist, because they're often in the orchestra pit. So you get to listen to them within that orchestra because you can pick them apart. But um, it won't, you know, it won't be the same, but um, there's still a connection, um, particularly because you've been rehearsing with them for quite some time so you know you know they're gonna be the ones down there uh, working with you yeah sometimes I forget that like that the pianist because the pianist plays the oftentimes the whole orchestral score correct you know they play all of the notes of all of the instruments in the orchestra for our rehearsals because it is easier for us to just have a pianist in the room instead of the whole orchestra um, but sometimes I forget that when we go out on the stage that that same pianist is in the pit playing their specific right. piano part for that piece right. of music and instead of playing the whole score. And, yeah, it's sweet to, to know that they're down there. Yeah, and to all of the musicians. Yeah, and at times they're on stage. Oh, yes. Or, um, yeah, or, or the uh, stage level of the orchestra. Yeah, which they're not quite on the stage, but they're on the orchestra side, but still at the stage level. So there's still eye contact that could be made and mm -hmm. maintain that. And connection. sometimes it's necessary for cues, like Indeed. to actually see the pianist in those moments to know when you're supposed to start a step, or mm -hmm. for the pianist to look or the, at the other dancer. way around. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, and I, I think about pieces. Um, like uh, Jerome Robbins dances at a gathering, like the pianist mm -hmm. is there. Um, mm -hmm. Goldberg variations also by Robbins. Pianist is yep. more featured. It's cool that they get yeah. that moment on the stage too. Absolutely. So today we're gonna talk to Alan Moverman. He's a pianist with the company and uh, he's just about here. We're so excited to have Alan Moverman here with us today, and we want to jump right in. And can you tell us about how you started playing piano and kind of uh, a little bit of your musical trajectory? Well, I was kind of a, a brainy little kid, and so I wasn't. it wasn't so much that I was drawn to music initially. It's just that I like to do everything that was challenging and so when my mother said do you want to take piano lessons when I was I guess eight I said sure and and I was very uh, thorough I was always a very thorough student my teacher was very old school and she uh, had a uh, chart for each date in the back of the book and you got from one to five stars and uh, it was actually a very good method and very motivating for me. <laughs> and I got five stars, I think, in almost every lesson. Wow. Um, How many lessons a week did you have? Just one. Oh, okay. Just one. And uh, 
and her name was Mrs. Dunn, and she was actually a, a voice teacher. So mm. that's kind of neat because, uh, I mean, in one way, maybe I didn't get the traditional technique training, but I w also wasn't fussed at about technique. So I was, I found my own way. And so I like to think that I have a very natural approach to the piano that's not um, overly technical, although I know a lot about technique. Mm -hmm. um, and I like it to just kind of be, I mean, I think, I think that's partly because I wasn't, didn't have a, a typical piano teacher when I was young. That also has some liabilities, but, but generally it's worked out for me. Uh, and probably was one thing that led me to be a jazz pianist for many mm. years before I got into classical. How many how many years did you did you study jazz or Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I um I started jazz because the neighborhood kids down the street one was a bass player and his brother was a drummer. So we'd put the easy piano books on the piano, you know, like greatest hits or all the Beatles songs and you know I'd play the sort of play the thing and the bass player would play the bass notes and then the drummer would play and and that evolved over the years and eventually I got a jazz teacher and actually I used to play club dates with those two and their father who was a club date musician we played a lot of weddings and bar club, club like date? weddings and bar mitzvahs oh and, yeah and fun. uh and I did a lot of that, even as a teenager. Mm -hmm. In fact, I made quite a lot of money. And where, where, before we go on, where was this? Where did you grow up? Syracuse. Very nice. Yeah, oh, New Yorker all the way. Yeah, it was fun. Oh. I mean, I had a fun, uh, a fun childhood. I was surrounded by other kids who are musicians. And like a lot of people who go into music, uh, there was a really good music teacher in the high school who kind of rallied the kids and and whoever was talented was also taught. Yeah. You know, I was just lucky there was something special in the school. So so I in high school I was able to do arrangements for studio orchestra um, and jazz quartet. You know, we had a jazz orchestra actually of with strings and you know all kinds of stuff. And so I was able to write arrangements and and perform with them, and and uh, I was the all-state jazz pianist uh, in New York State two years in a row in wow. high school, which is actually pretty good for New York State because there are a lot That's of good, amazing. a lot of good yeah. jazz kids. And I, I I just got into classical though. I think the the brainy side that I have when I was um, sixteen. I studied with Marion McPartland, who was a famous jazz pianist, um, and I think she passed away recently. She was almost 100, but she recommended that I take a little classical hmm. when I was, I was about 16. And so I liked the structure. It was like the brainy kid thing. Like, I used to make models, too, and it was like a kit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like like with jazz, like you just, you know, you make up stuff. And I mean, mm -hmm. there was a lot of work in jazz, believe me. I mean, I'm oversimplifying it. But I did like the fact that I'd get a piece of music and I had to make it, kind yes. of like making a model airplane. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I, I liked that. And so I think that I needed that at that time. And then I just got really into classical music. But it's not really any different for me. All music is the same. 
to me. And what do you mean by that? Well, it's just there's beautiful music and there's there there's good music and there's not good music. Mm. I mean, but I don't really care. Like we listen at my house, we listen to jazz, we listen to country western, All we listen styles. to everything, and yeah. mm-hmm. you know, like to me, I I get a lot out of it, no matter what the style is. It's it's all the same. I mean, you people listen are afraid of classical music, but if you approach it in a more friendly way, it doesn't have to be so difficult. Intimidating, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with what you guys do. I I, I mean, ballet is a very uh, complex art form. Yeah, I, I was thinking similar things too. I, I wonder if many dancers who trained in ballet from a young age enjoyed the structure too. Um, growing up, oh, that's probably you know, a little I, bit true. I wonder because I, I know that today I st- I still like the the structure, um, the I like I love the the format of the ballet class and how it prepares you for yeah. what you do on stage. Yeah, and um, and it there's a lot of method. There's a, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I've felt that from you. That's why we've had some nice conversations. Right, had, yeah, Alan and I have had some yeah. deep music to dance conversations. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm really interested in how do you get people to demystify classical arts and mm-hmm. and realize that it's just the same as any. I mean, we just people just want to express themselves and 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 feel really. Uh, wonderful things and yeah. have wonderful imagery and mm-hmm. just like if you're watching I mean there is a difference between commercial art and classical art but but it's 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 shouldn't have to be f- so forbidding yeah no um and how did you go from being a student um and then playing music to joining the New York City Ballet staff as a pianist. Well, like I was telling someone the other day, I didn't really make any money to speak of as a musician until I was 35, <laughs> which is quite common. Except for those club dates. The club dates. I did play club dates, and I also taught piano. But it was, you know, it was like, yeah, it's barely enough. And there are mm-hmm. a lot of musicians living in the city that are, don't have regular jobs, mm-hmm. and they, you know... They struggle. It's a tough business, yeah. It's a tough business. So I was a friend of Cameron Grant's who just retired. And, a pianist. And, and, and I hadn't yeah. seen him in a while. And I ran in, I used to live up in Washington Heights. I ran into him on the subway. And he said, oh, you know, they're trying to hire a new pianist. This was in about 1994. <laughs> Sorry, you guys weren't born. <laughs> Well, I was, I was no, around. I'm sorry, we actually, wait. We, were, we, we were, were about two around. years old. No, no. The, yeah, you, oh, yeah, barely. But. We were barely around. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. were around. <laughs> but anyway, Cam and I, you know, so we used to talk on the A train. You know, we used to talk about stuff and music and whatever. So he told me about this job. And I always wanted to work here because, I mean, for one reason is, frankly, it's one of the few jobs as a musician that's this steady. Mm-hmm. And it really is very steady. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's like it's like almost a normal job. It's yeah. it pays year round, and mm-hmm. we have the insurance, and made it easier for us to have families yeah. and things like that. So it took me a couple of years to audition because I was so afraid I would blow the audition. I mean, because it was it was like one of the only jobs I could ever get that was the job that I would want. Yeah. And so finally, I just, it was kind of like now or never, 
you know, it's like it's not going to get any better. You may as well try. <laughs> and so, so I did, and they let me play with them for a month, and then they hired me. Who hired you? Um, Gordon Belsner. He was the music director okay. at the time in the mid-'90s, and he was, he was basically, as far as I know, perhaps Balanchine's main pianist in the United States. He was a wonderful man, Gordon Belsner, and he was a really, had a far-ranging musical knowledge, and he was a very special person. He studied composition with John Cage, of all people, and also studied piano with Arturo Michelangeli, who's one of the great pianists of our time, Mm -hmm. of the the last half of the 20th century. So he, I mean, that's a really big range. And so Gordon was like a a super, I don't know, he just was a, he was just an extraordinary person. And, you know, Balanchine, I think, just loved him. And so he guided us. Most of the staff was hired by him, by Gordon. Uh, Susan... You, you know, all the people yeah, Walters, you know, yeah. uh, Craig Baldwin is a wonderful pianist. He was the first person that was ever hired by anyone after Gordon. Okay. And so, like, the all the pianists you know were hired by Gordon. Wow. Um, and uh, I you didn't know, know that, yeah. And Susan, I mean, I was hired in 1995. I think Susan was hired in 1996. Mm-hmm. But that was pretty neat. And, you know, of course, Gordon played premieres by Jerry Robbins and... And balancing. I mean, he he did. You know, all the all the things that we take for granted, and all these amazing pieces. Mm-hmm. Gordon was he was right there, and he was right there when Stravinsky was in the studio. So and, cool. And so it's there's there's, you know, Gordon was Gordon was special, and he was very kind. I'm curious to know how your first month at City Ballet was like. Had you had any prior experience to playing for dancers or playing a rehearsal? Yeah. What was your... Yeah, I was kind of going in this direction. I, I, when I was about 24, I had dancers who did Isadora Duncan, and so I did a lot of recitals with them, mostly Chopin and a little Schubert, mm-hmm. like in churches around the town, and I really enjoyed that. And then occasionally I'd, I worked with some modern companies, and then in 1980, it must have been about 1986, I... I was hired to be the solo pianist with the Martha Graham Dance Company. Awesome. I didn't know that. And that was pretty neat because that was the old, the, 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 the last group of dancers that actually worked with Martha Graham. So, you know, it would be like working with, I don't know, Suzanne Farrell or something, you know. Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, and they were pretty, they were a pretty uh, rowdy bunch. <laughs> they were pretty lively. Um, but, um, so I toured with them for a while and we had some fun and that was actually the first real money I made before City Ballet is I, I suddenly, oh, $500 a week. Ooh, this is, <laughs> that, that was a lot of money right. to me. And, um, so we, we did fun stuff. We toured Italy, we went to Spoleto, we did a, like a, I don't know, 20 state tour. Uh, we played in Los Alamos and we went all over the country and, uh, I, I loved the work. And I also played class for them. And class for Martha Graham, you can play lots of different stuff. And also there was a tradition of playing inside the piano and, like, oh, even like, using a drum, uh-huh. you know. And, and some people even put bells on their feet. Oh, I never did wow. that. But so, like, the idea was that the pianist just made music anyway 
you know, they wanted to. And, and uh, uh-huh. I mean, some of them just played. Um, but it was, of course, a different style. Yes, modern uh, and versus You could mountain. play Copeland-type music, like, you know, App- they did Appalachian Spring and that company, all those things. But, but uh, yeah, so that was a cool experience, and I got to know some of those people. And I think the head of dance at Juilliard might be Terry Capicelli. I'm not sure. She was someone I toured with when she was the principal dancer. And, mm-hmm. and they, were, they were really amazing people. I mean, Martha Graham was... You know, she was really something, of course, and uh, she even worked here. I think hmm. she uh, in episodes yeah. she yeah. choreographed something in episodes. I don't know if we still do it, but so one can say that yes, you did have experience. Yeah, playing, and with dance, and, and yeah, with dance. Yeah. I had a working feel with, for working dance. with dance and dancers in live performance as well as rehearsal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, being you know dealing with issues of tempo and. Yeah. Uh, uh, sound sound is important in dance too, not just tempo. Because um, to you know, what is the right sound in a room? That you know, like, is the, do you play with the same sound if the dancer is learning something, or if the dancer is performing something? It's an interesting thing to think about. And you know, when you know a piece well, you're able to change that. Like like for example, sometimes you guys are like marking. You know, you're just kind of going over the steps, and if you if you have your your brain on, you can play a little lighter and a little more transparently. So you know, it's like I call it the a thinking sound. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and and so like that that kind of thing, all these kind of things like that make the rehearsals much more interesting. Hopefully, we can bring that sensitivity of you know wh- what is the person feeling today. And what what is most helpful to this person? And and also, how well do I know the material? I know one of the things you had talked about asking me was how many pieces I'm responsible for. Mm-hmm. It's really too many. I mean, every season, it's, <laughs> it's it's like twelve or something. You know, twelve. Maybe it could be maybe almost two thousand pages of music. Oof. And and wow. so so. There's a lot of different ways of handling it. But if, if I know something well, then I can make those kind of choices. And, and those kind of, I can have those kinds of sensitivities. Of course, that's what we're all looking for. We all want to feel like we're all in the same space and doing yeah, and the a, same a thing. Attuned, attuned yeah, to and, what's and going on. Yeah, and having an experience together. And so, you know, that, that, and sometimes you're not aware of all the efforts that other people are making in that way. Yeah, I mean, I, right. everyone wants to be having fun. They don't want to like be like, okay, now it's this step. And, you know, I mean, it, that's in it, but, you know, everyone wants to connect. Yeah, and work together. That's, that always makes it interesting and important and meaningful to us. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, no, yeah. And, and us too. And uh, it's a little hard with ballet because the music is the music. And to a certain extent, I can't, like, follow you because, Mm -hmm. really follow because, you know, you have to learn, the dancer has to respond to the music. And if the dancer takes longer, like, takes a little bit of extra time to emphasize something, I mean, if I also slow down, the dancer ideally already knows that they're slowing down. 
but they they're not expecting me to change the music for them. Right. They're gonna they're gonna finish the phrase and make up the times. So it gets it's pretty detailed, actually. That whole relationship is complicated. Gordon used to say he didn't like you know cookie cutter accompaniment where you know the dancer jumps and the pianist plays staccato mm. <laughs> and the dancer borets and the piano trills <laughs> and and uh you know we 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 try to get to deeper levels of of strata of the than that <laughs> although that exists yeah. for sure so to give our listeners a little bit of background um a pianist um in city valley can um have like three different um play fields, which is first class, uh, which is the warm up, the first thing of the day for the dancers and the pianist is ballet class. And the second could be the rehearsal, the rehearsal day, many different ballets are rehearsed, many different people. And then the performance with the orchestra. Can you tell us a little bit the difference between those three? Sure, yeah. I do play class. So class is a very different um, art form. I mean, it's mostly uh, an improvising art, and that doesn't mean you don't play songs or famous pieces, but you have to modify them for to the, cater the to our steps. steps. Yeah. So that's quite difficult. Well, I, I don't know that it's difficult. It's it can be actually very easy. It, it depends. <laughs> it's uh, it depends on you know the the day and and your level of alertness <laughs> but in general yeah. it's it, it it is it is a complicated procedure even if it's done with and great expertise and why would you say it's complicated well because be you see the step and well what if you don't see the step well or you're not sure mm -hmm. time is very precious in a ballet rehearsal it in, is. A, in, in, a class. in a class yeah so maybe you don't see it well so and then sometimes the teachers don't demonstrate it clearly. It may be enough for the dancers, uh -huh. but it may not be enough for the pianist. Mm -hmm. So they have to start playing something, and they're only 60% sure they've chosen the right material. As the pianist. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so hopefully that happens a minimum of time. I would say in a class, there's going to be an element of that at least. 15% of the steps will not, you will not be completely clear for me. I, I you know, like uh -huh. I don't play class as much as a lot of people. So, mm -hmm. so, but, uh, so part of the art form is what do you do in that 15%? Yeah. When you when don't, you don't know you're not what sure the step what to was. Play. Yeah. yeah. So I practice, sometimes I practice changing because it makes me very uptight and there's like an anxiety thing that happens like oh no I'm playing the wrong step and of course within two bars the teacher will correct your tempo and so and it's not even necessarily that the tempo is wrong it's that you you've chosen a piece of music that doesn't exactly go with the step mm -hmm. so like you're like well I've chosen the wrong music and now someone is on my case about tempo. And how do I react quickly? And, and so, so yeah. you know, I know I can change the tempo, but that's not the real problem. Uh -huh. The problem is, is that I kind of know she's right, but I need a piece of music that's going to work. You need in... an immediate download so, of yeah, yeah, some so, other song that's so perfect. It's, it's good. Thinking quick on your feet. So 
I mean, one the one good piece of advice for people who want to play class is to practice. Take a piece of music like uh, it could be a pop song like uh, "Lover," or uh, it could be a rock song like, a like Beatles uh, song. Uh, uh, "Hallelujah" mm-hmm. by uh-huh. Leonard Cohen or something, and play it for about three or four different steps. Like, just imagine that you're getting steps, and just make that tune into a different style. And then I like to check with the metronome because class is is rather on the metronomic side. There's not a lot of big breaths in class. Yeah. Well, that's a big issue in ballet accompaniment is timing, of course. Mm-hmm. Now, so the, the second part of your question is the rehearsal process. And in that part of the process, a lot of our music is really, really difficult to play. It's, and city ballet is a complete anomaly, in my view, in the music world, in the in the dance world, in that way. There is no other company that does near this level of complicated, this amount of complicated music mm-hmm. in rehearsals. And if they do even get close to that, generally most of it is done with tape. Like things like Apollo or... Or Agon, I mean, I, most companies wouldn't even try to rehearse that with piano. Hmm. But there's a long tradition of rehearsing with piano here. And our old boss, Gordon, used to like to say, dancers who rehearse with tape look different than dancers who rehearse with live music. Like, would they look too robotic or something? Practiced. Something. Maybe not three-dimensional. Not spontaneous, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Huh. So, you know, they might not be aware of it, but, yeah. I mean, you don't imagine in your dream of a dancer, you don't imagine a dancer and a tape. No. No. <laughs> you, you want know? all of the live so, elements. So, yeah. so there, there is something about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyway, so we do a lot of hard music, and it's a real difficult task to organize the preparation of the music and the review of the music, even if you know most of the pieces as I do and and three or four of the other pianists have been here long enough. Um, I mean, I'm sure I practiced Prodigal Son last season for, I don't know, 15 hours, maybe 18 hours. I've played it for 15 years. And, And what's amazing, I think, to us as dancers is that, like, you have this orchestral score right, that is yeah, reduced saying, yeah. right. to the pian just two hands on the piano. So how like to to us it's amazing that you can play all like somehow get the gist right. of the orchestral score right. with just your two hands on the piano. Yeah. And that to me just seems you know, that that's complicated and complex and it would is. require a lot of a lot practice of and Mm-hmm. And thought, and and you, you, it's you need to have a basic knack for it. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to. It's it is a talent, and it's an it, that's also an improvising talent. You know, to a certain extent, because you can play the same notes and make them sound quite different. Yeah. You know, you can play a few notes of a one pianist can play a few notes of a score, and it'll sound like the music. And another pianist can play every note, and it won't sound like the piece. <laughs> 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 you know, and and so so that ability to uh, use your imagination and and project a concept, yeah, that know. aids the the ballet and the pianists hear yeah. orchestras when they play a lot of times. 
we huh. hear orchestras in our heads. We we think of orchestra or we think of string quartet or we think of an opera aria with accompaniment. We don't always think of the piano. We like we so in a way it's natural for us because some it's been said that the piano is the most neutral instrument and it it the piano is it, the the wonderful thing about piano is it can become any instrument. It, yeah. You know, whereas a flute always has this identification as uh, it has almost an emotional uh-huh. range. But a piano can be anything. Well, and it can have multiple melodies. It can have, oh, you can, and it's also counterpoint. But yeah. even within one melody, like you can play, if you play with a little pedal and staccato um, in the upper register and lightly, you can make it. You can give the articulation of a flute. Essentially, the person will feel satisfied that they've heard that melody in its proper context. And you're thinking flute. Like, you don't have time to, you know, when you're practicing, you might think, well, what kind of articulation can I do? You know, because we do think that. Like, there are certain instruments that have a more direct articulation, um, like uh, a brass instrument bah, bah you know kind of not not french horn which actually has an indirect articulate it's more bah, right but so when when we most pianists are taught in school at some point their teachers will say this part should sound like is horns so we will play with generally pianists will automatically play with more of the fleshy part of their finger which gives a kind of to the sound. But if you play like, you know, if you think of a flute or in the upper register, the attack is much more direct. Mm -hmm. So you'd play, you tend to play more on your fingertips. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just obvious. It's not even, it's not really complicated. It's just, you just have to think of it. So it's fun. So it's playing an orchestra score is an opportunity to do things like that more than maybe even you would. And so I like it. And plus you get to play pieces that are not piano music. Right. Yeah. You know, although right. some people really hate that. But um, I, I, <laughs> I, but I, I mean, now that I've been here for so long and know most of the music, more or less, I, I can actually practice it and make it kind of realize more fully my concept and play it in a more finished way, yeah. I like to think. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I treated everything the same priority, I w- it would be completely impossible. Yeah. And so there's an element of management in the job. You know, a really good friend of mine once said, do the job you were hired to do. So I'm like, okay, what do they need? Mm-hmm. They need the, the grid. They need the tempo. They need the. They need me to be as consistent as I can, and that can be very hard if it's a piece that you don't know well. Yeah. But you know, like I'm going to play a million wrong notes, maybe. I don't. Hopefully, not a million. But, <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to hold on to the tempo. I'm going to stay with something that I'm going to stay. I'm going to do the job I was hired to do. I was hired to provide some structure in this rehearsal. I'm not hired to show my genius at reinterpreting Bach. I would like to be, <laughs> I mean, I would like to be people to pay me for those things. And when I do the third thing, which is performance, that's when I get to, you know, 
try to be a genius. And, you know, that's more of a collaboration, although it still has elements. The fact is there's nothing in the music business that really is this thing where you have all the time you will ever need to do something. And, and doing things quickly is important. And, and also, you know, knowing how to do things quickly and, and pull stuff off. But, you know, like I'm playing piano pieces, uh, which is a major revival of a Robbins piece this season. Mm -hmm. It's a 40-minute piece of 13 Tchaikovsky piano pieces on stage I'll be. And, um, you know, that piece, I've been practicing it. I knew about that about almost a year ago that wow. I was going to play this. So I've been sitting in my piano, and, and, you know, that's where I get to say... You know, I really need I, that note needs to be a little shorter. And, you know, and that's where you know, I, and that's that's of course what everyone everyone loves to to do really careful work and get things the way they you know so they're just lovely. So that's very satisfying the the solo which we get to do here. Yeah. So you, as pianist at New York City Ballet, sometimes you get to perform on the stage right. with a piano with the dancers just right around yeah. you. Yeah. And then sometimes you perform. There's like there are also kind of three options for this. You're orchestra, on the stage, yeah. or you're in the orchestra, or you're kind of in this side platform. Yeah. Um, that's like skirts at the stage, the stage level. They call it yeah. the apron. Yeah. They call it the apron. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why they call it the apron. Um, it's kind of on the side. But. Yeah. Do you? <laughs> Is is there a particular platform that you enjoy most, like the orchestra pit or the the well, apron or the stage? Well, I have to say, playing with a, a symphony orchestra is really awesome. Is it because of the fullness of the sound? And it's just because of the interactiveness the yeah. of the mm. thing. It's mm -hmm. it's 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 really amazing, and and one of the great things about this job is to get to do that because really. Our orchestra is very good, mm -hmm. and people who are full-time concert pianists who are not like Alfred Brendel or, you know, Andras Schiff or people like that don't get to play with orchestras like this. They yeah, don't. You have to be a solo artist, You have to be, artist, fa famous, have to be yeah. world famous to play to with that. the Berlin Philharmonic. And, and, you know, you have to be one of a hundred people in the world. So... We get to play with a very good orchestra, really good pieces, and that's a real privilege. And uh, that was always meant to be part of the job, is that most of the people here have an ability to play at that level, mm -hmm. which is a little unusual in a dance company. Usually, dance pianists are more specialists. There have been a lot of people who played here who could have had really decent careers as, as just concert pianists and it tends to attract those people because the music is so hard it's like it's not like we're just doing swan lake all day swan mm -hmm. lake is hard to play but it's not it's not complicated like agon do you have a favorite piece that you've played in the pit in the pit yeah um i like playing movements for piano and orchestra by stravinsky and I like playing the first Shostakovich concerto in Wielden's uh, Mercurial Maneuvers. Oh. I like playing that. That's a lot of fun. What is that? Da, da, da. Yeah. Something. Yeah, right. Something, da, something, something. Da, 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 da. <laughs> um, da, da, da. Yeah, it's epic music. Yeah, it's, it, it is. That is a very epic beginning, right? I always imagine myself in some, you know, Soviet conservatory 
improvising the beginning of that piece, and then you know it gets fast and it's like you know it goes off into the imagination. But yeah, it does get. But uh, it's a very good piece. You would be great at that role, wouldn't he? Oh Have yeah. you ever done that role? I would love that. I could totally see you doing that role. Planting a seed, Alan. And it's Alan's usually kind of a cast tall... the next mercurial maneuver. It's usually a tall guy, though, right? <laughs> usually, you're, yeah. You're not short. I mean, I don't know exactly how no. tall, but you're you're relatively six one. Six one. Six one. Oh, so you are really tall. Yeah, I'm six three. So how? Yeah. I was so gonna say you're very tall too. Yeah, I'm very tall. But uh, yeah, I mean. That's cool, and you know, you get to be kind of the master of ceremonies in that a yeah. little bit. I'm sure we'll do it again. We'll probably do it together, maybe at some point. Alan, with movements for piano and orchestra, I remember teaching a ballet class for the education department. Oh in my New god, you had to do movements? Yeah, well, I had to. I was teaching them something else, but I remember you were the pianist, and oh, like we were working on breaking down the music for the students uh-huh. in the class. Yeah, and yeah, you were very helpful because I was, I, I had a certain way of counting it, but there, there's so many particularities yeah. in that piece that I was wanting to make sure that I could deliver the musicality well to the students because yeah. it's very, yeah, yeah. That's, that's it's a like good, good I piece. just remember you being like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> And then like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's just like it's just like a soundtrack to yeah. a sixties science fiction movie. It, it is very science <laughs> it is very science fiction. I, I always think of Planet of the Apes for the original <laughs> the Apes yeah. movie. Like like there's all this always this dissonant kind of craggy music, you know, when the aliens uh-huh. came in. <laughs> it does. It sounds or, or, like or that. Or when the apocalyptic scene, you know, they the time tunnel. I time time the time machine. There's an old movie called The Time Machine, and they always play this very dissonant music. It sounds like Stravinsky. That's it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's movements for piano and orchestra. That's what it is. Yeah, and it was written at that time. It was 1958. It's like, it's, like, it's like all those TV soundtracks. You see those, what sounds almost a little corny to us. In yes, retrospect, yes. That, that's like the music. That's I mean, it's not as, those soundtracks are not as good as that piece, but that's the sound. It's it's the you know it's the kind of uh, existential anxiety. <laughs> yeah, it captures the era very well. It's of an era, yeah, and that's yeah. fun. And then when you're looking at the the scores for these pieces, like for movements or for anything else, there are little notations. Oh right, in yeah. the score, that I wonder if you could just talk about those because those are also fun and funny sometimes because they yeah. they correspond to certain movements that the dancers have so that we know when to do a step with the musician with the pianist yeah. um but sometimes they're really interesting ones and yeah they're also to indicate certain types of movements that you guys do mm-hmm. like windshield yeah. wipers is in uh symphony and three movements i oh. think Oh like yeah, this. and there's searchlights. And searchlights is quite interesting, you know, because it was it's sort of a war piece of music uh-huh. that's supposed to evoke war. War. And we do something with our hands during searchlights. The ladies on the yeah, side do something with and their that's hands really really that super like cool. Yeah. Turning on lights. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, Susan Walters made a funny thing today. She pointed out that she calls the 25th variation of Goldberg, which is this kind of the the core of the piece it's this very very dissonant and slow pas de deux 
in the end and it's it's super i mean it's just like the end of the earth it's so intense but um it's also the soundtrack to the old science fiction movie the terminal man with george siegel and it, it was, the, the the music just plays through the whole thing so now we call that the, the ter- terminal the man. terminal variation or the terminal. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good and she she pointed that out and then um sometimes you know there's kind of some of the ballets are pretty can have like pretty intense stuff going on and in the cage there's like strangling oh you know, yeah so it's cages has insects in it and you know and it's so there's all this stuff about bugs yeah, yeah bugs killing other oh bugs well there what's the bugs in midsummer too bugs oh but those are sweet bugs yeah. Those are, yeah, those, those are, are really kind sweet children bugs. bugs. They're nice. They're, <laughs> yeah. They're, they, yeah, they those have bugs lights. are nice. They run around and they smile. <laughs> yeah. And they're really little. But these quotations are very helpful to connect where we are in the music and the choreography. So they're very instinct um, cues to synchronize the, the, the pianist and the dancer at the same time, they're very, I find them very useful. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and that's one of the, uh, there's a lot of discussion in our company about marks. And what marks are, for people that don't know, is that if the dancer wants to start at a particular point in the choreography, that has to be synchronized, obviously, with the same point in the music. So they'll take it from, there are a lot of marks in the music, like searchlights yeah and bugs and and uh, windshield wipers and after a pianist has been there a long time they can they kind of know where those things are and so the, they the rep director will say take it for, give me a little before the searchlights mm-hmm. and i could say how much do you want just say give me a couple eights okay so i play it's kind of like an introduction you know, mm-hmm. and then then we launch into searchlights, and then she stops, and that went well, and and then she says, well, you know, I remember in the first section we had this part that was uh, twinkle toes or whatever. <laughs> I don't know, you know, twinkle toes didn't go so well today. So can you take it from twinkle toes, and then you know, hopefully the pianist knows where twinkle toes is. Sometimes the pianist doesn't know. She's like, uh, twinkle toes? I've never heard anyone call it that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you have to, and you know, you have to look like, closely at the score. I mean, if you, you, might not, you might actually know the mark, but, you're, but you don't know where it is. So sometimes you could say, you oh. never do this. You say, oh, well, I've never heard that mark. <laughs> no, no, we wouldn't do that. Yeah, but but it's you know. the way out. It's the way out. It's just to say I didn't know. But um, you know, we try to be as responsible as we can about remembering the marks. And obviously, the longer you've been here, the more you know what they are. Yeah, and the marks are something that happen usually uh, when a piece is being created, That's like right. when the choreographer is working with the pianist, which is a very special relationship. Only the only the pianist who did the choreography actually knows every mark. Yeah. No one could know the mark better than that person. Yeah, so when we do new ballets, we are we usually most often have a pianist in the yeah. room with the choreographer and a rep director who is coaching. And the pianist and the choreographer also work together very closely to right. set these marks so that like the generations down the road will be able to 
pick up the choreography with the particular that's section correct. of the music. There's, um, that's actually a fourth thing we do. That's an extra thing, and that has it's it's, um, it's like you were saying, you know, like to to establish the marks, to establish the the communication links between Maybe tempo. The, Tempo, or talk yeah, about tempo. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, tempos. Yeah. And uh, you can influence the choreographer at that point. You have an opportunity sometimes. If the choreographer is interested, mm-hmm. some choreographies really aren't interested in, which can be okay. Yeah. It can be okay. Different. I think Cameron, uh, when we did the great uh, pictures at an exhibition ballet, which was you know, one of the really stunning ballets we've mm-hmm. done here. By Ratmansky. And Cameron played it. He was the first pianist, Cameron Grant, who's retired. But Ratmansky said to him, which recording do you like of this piece? Oh. He said, I'll I'll work off. I, th- I mean, this is what Cameron told me. He said, I'll work off the recording that you like. Wow. Which was very generous of Ratmansky and, and very practical because... Ultimately, it is hard to play something in a way that is not really the way you see it over and over again consistently. And it's not very fun either. Mm -hmm. We have some pieces that are choreographed in tempos that are are, uh, difficult for a lot of people. Sometimes Jerry Robbins' tempos are, are very awkward to realize. Are they on the slower side or the faster side or... Just on different the, I, w- from I would, what you would say they're on the do. slower side. Okay, and they're a little more. He, uh, the tradition of Robin's performance is a little more straight, less breathing than the Balanchine tradition. Mm-hmm. The, tradi- the Balanchine is a little more, goes with the music, flows along. The Robin's is a little more theatrical, in a way, I think, and the pianist needs to be a little more kind of steady and sort of a, I don't want to say, I mean, this is my opinion a little bit, but I think that there's more, there's, there's, you know, sometimes you have to really sacrifice, like in some of those big Chopin ballets, there's some stuff that is, no one would ever play Chopin that way. Interesting. I think it works really Mm -hmm. well in the ballet, Mm -hmm. really, really well. But, I mean, like, a good example is is umbrellas in the concert. I was about to bring up the concert, yeah. Yeah. Because the concert and, features a pianist on the stage right. who actually has an acting role That's at true. various parts. But I yes, haven't done that. There's this scene. No one ever thought I was funny. <laughs> well, there's a scene. Well, well, you were going to say something about the umbrellas. There's a dance with umbrellas. Well, there's an umbrellas, and, and it's da-dee-da-dee-dum. A lot of people know that that Chopin piece, and it's played. Da dee da, da. Very slowly. Da da. And so, and of course, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant, but it's not even close to what the idea of that piece is. Hmm. I mean, it uses it uses an element of the piece, and it enlarges it. The sort of um, wistful, kind of moody, right. rainy thing. But it, but there's other elements. Like there's 
you know, there's a sense of architecture that moves along, and you know, it's it's a little little narrative. You don't get much of the narrative for, of the piece uh, from it, but he's he uses the atmosphere. That's I think what I think Robbins often tunes into the atmosphere of a piece, and not so much the structure. Mm -hmm. That's what mm. I would. I'd have to think about that, but. That's my impression. I think that's a really good way to put it. He, he fit, uh, or he made the music fit the essence of what he was really, the story he was trying to tell or the mood he wanted to create. Yeah, and I, th I think he would change it if he wanted to. Whereas Balanchine, I think, was very reluctant to choreograph to a tempo that really is different than you might hear in a performance without dance. Mm-hmm. But tempos also are different anyway. I mean, you could hear five performances of the same music. And, exactly. And they're different anyway. But some of Robin's tempos are not tempos that are, shall we say, um, they would never be taken by any, right. any professional pianist in a concert. Mm -hmm. You know, that doesn't mean that he didn't know what he was doing. That's not what I'm saying at all. Right, right, right. But he will manipulate the music in that way and very successfully, yeah. of course, obviously. I mean... He's <laughs> one of the. He's a genius. And speaking of tempos, wouldn't you agree that tempos is one of the favorite things dancers love to complain about? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Never. <laughs> I agree. Oh man. It's, I think it's the top uh, three. Is it within the top three things that dancers just complain about constantly? Oh, the tempo was too slow, or the tempo was too fast. I couldn't do it. It was. It was way too fast. There's no way. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I even feel like in, in rehearsal, I know, Alan, in rehearsal, we've had discussions where I was like, Alan, can you just play this like a little slower or like a little faster? Um, just because of where I'm I nice, it. though. You know, you're very nice, but I remember <laughs> you, really you, are. you one time you I remember really you're being like, well, we really, it's gonna be like this, so you might as well think about practicing it like this, like to this tempo. Yeah, I wouldn't um, usually say that, but I must have been okay, pretty convinced. I, maybe I, I that paraphrased. It was, no, I mean I must have been pretty convinced in that. And, but in that's that what case I, I, that it was, it was important to say. I would I would normally never no. say that because I I like you guys to control that element. Well, more, and I think you. But, but you just knew the music better than I did, and I think it was. I think right it was episodes. I, I, I'm it thinking was about episodes, the same thing. Yeah. I think. And it was I, episodes, and I was trying to. And episodes is hard to learn the music of. It is very hard. It's, so so, and and I felt like that it would be good if if you. Knew. You know, I yeah. mean that's good once in a while to say you know listen to this you know it'll be it'll help you I think that we should be freer to do that. Oh yeah, I I actually. really appreciated that you told me with But I don't full do it honesty. all the time. I don't yeah. and because I don't really think that's generally the role, but I think on occasion it could be the role. Yeah. Um and I think I invited it to. You know what I mean? I I, I will say yeah. something sometimes. I don't know. You know like I've been here 25 years and so sometimes I'll just say something you know, and I'll say, yeah. well, I don't really care if you think this is important, but I think it's good for everyone to hear it and it might someone in the room might get something out of this, mm -hmm. you know, like something yeah. about the the structure of the piece, you know, something that a musician would notice that I think would help. I don't do it much, but once in a while I'll just say uh, to like JP or someone, can I say something? And then I'll just say, you know, uh, oh, you know what I, I like to point out to dancers that in Swan Lake, 
when the melody goes up, it tends to be this kind of ethereal white swan music. And when the melody goes down, it tends to be the black swan music. And, and that's something that only probably a musician will ever really notice. But is up, right? Is the black swan music. It goes down. You know, and she just goes down and down and down, and she's black swan. And so, so I, I, that's one thing I always will say. And I think it's fun for people to chew on that a little bit. And definitely, you know, so totally. that's something I would notice. And, and, and I think it's, and we would it, not, we really, you probably wouldn't, wouldn't notice. Because we're so busy thinking about what our yeah, steps are and, and how not, to do them better. It's not like yeah. rocket science either. It's just, it's just uh, it just makes it, it gives you something to think about and and hopefully it enriches the experience. It, yeah. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. So yeah. I already feel enriched after this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap well, it up. Well, thank you, thank you. Yeah. This was great, Alan. Thank you so an, much. It's an honor to be asked to do this. Yeah, really, truly. And thank you very much I mean, for asking me. You're so welcome. And, and you pianists, you really do hold a niche, a niche spot in the musical slash dance world here at New York City Ballet. So oh, it's, thank you. it's yeah. awesome to hear your perspective. And, and so. we are so lucky yeah. to work with you guys. And we, we really are aware of that. We really enjoy working with all of you so, so much. I mean, and even, you know, it's not always easy, but boy, it's a wonderful, it can be it's a really so wonderful community. You know, mm-hmm. of people and mm-hmm. and and you're also kind and and, uh, and patient and and uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. Well, thank Alan. you so much for being here, Alan. Okay. Okay. All right. Till thank you, everybody. tomorrow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. See you, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> But you guys said, when's the funny part? The funny part? (laughs) That was the funny part. I just made a joke. (laughs) No, no, I didn't say it wasn't funny, but I, you were were telling me, oh, you have so much fun. Well, we do have fun. Yeah. I've been having so much fun. (laughs) 